When I feel confident inside, my voice sounds confident. And when I feel doubtful, my voice sounds doubtful and I convey doubt. And so my executive presence is driven by my internal emotional state. We're finding the CEO voice, we're finding the leadership voice, we're finding the executive voice in you that feels like you, right? That helps you feel not just more powerful, but like more of who you are. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jess. I am the host and creator of this show. I am a coach for professional women. I help women build confidence. I help them find their voice in the workplace. I help them transition into leadership and executive roles. And my podcast is all about helping you do those things so that you can thrive in your career, have a big impact, and grow into a leader. (laughs) That is what I do. That is what excites me so much. And Today, I am talking about a topic that I've talked about a lot on the show, but I'm talking about it in a way that I have never talked about on this show before, and I'm getting into the nitty-gritty of some of the -the behind-the-scenes work that I do with my clients inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, and I'm excited to bring it to you and to talk about it on the podcast because it's a huge part of the work that I do. It's pretty unusual, it's pretty unique, and it's pretty effective and magical in my opinion. And so I'm really excited to dive in. So today's episode is about executive presence and how to cultivate more of it. So What I'm going to do is I'm going to start by defining what executive presence is so that we can have a shared definition. I'm going to share with you a little bit about my struggle with executive presence and my story around it. And then I'm going to walk you through how I suggest you think about building executive presence and what I have personally found to be most effective when it comes to having a stronger voice and a stronger presence in a room. I really struggled with executive presence in my corporate career and I went in circles trying to figure out how to sound more authoritative when I spoke. And I wasted a lot of time and went in a lot of circles and was just really frustrated along the way. And I'm hoping that I can save you some of that because I've been through like the spin of trying to to try trying to figure out like what to do when you get this feedback of like you just need to exude more authority. And you ask people, I mean, this might have happened to you. This happened to me. You ask people, like, what does that mean? What do you mean? You're telling me I need to exude more of like this of something, but what and how do I do that? And they can't really tell you how because 
executive presence and having authority in your voice is highly intangible. So you get this feedback, or at least I got this feedback that was like, you need to have more what it was called in in my day or when I got this feedback was senior presence. And I'm putting that in quotes. They were like, you need to have more senior presence, which is like such a weird word because it's making me think of like senior citizen for some reason. I don't know, probably because like senior, senior citizen. But anyway, that's the word that was used at the firm where I worked when I was starting out my career and was being guided to develop more executive presence. But here's the thing. (laughs) No one could really tell me like what that meant or how to do that beyond giving me this utterly useless, I'm going to call it garbage feedback. I'm just going to take the mask off and be real transparent with you. I received what I thought to be and what I still believe to be garbage feedback on how to enhance my executive presence and the ways that I was told to do that. And okay, we're getting like into my values and beliefs. And some of you might agree and some of you might disagree. And that's okay. Like we can all have our own opinion. I'm just sharing my opinion. But the way that I was guided to develop better executive presence is I was told, stop talking like a valley girl, watch the uptick, try not to use filler words. I was even told to consider cutting my hair shorter as part of my journey of implementing this feedback. Now, listen, I'm not saying that these are bad things or that these are things you shouldn't try to do. I just have a very, very strong opinion and philosophy when it comes to women and having a strong presence when they speak. And I do not believe like this is just my very strong opinion. I do not believe that it's a good use of energy to focus on things like filler words and uptick and changing the tone of your voice. I believe that the sound of our voice, the way it comes out of our mouth, the unique sounds and filler words and things that our voice does, they happen as a result. They're a symptom of something deeper. When we feel strong and confident and good about ourselves inside, our voice sounds exactly the way that it's supposed to sound. It falls into its most authentic, powerful sound when we feel good inside. So focusing on things like filler words and uptick, in my opinion, is a waste of time. Because those things are just symptoms of the real driver, which is your internal sense of strength and self-confidence. Your voice is intimately connected to your emotional state and what's happening within your mind and within your body. And so what I experienced and what you might experience too is like, I could be super vigilant about my filler words And I could try not to speak like a valley girl, which is really hard for me, by the way, because I am a valley girl. So how else am I supposed to speak like this is how I talk? But anyway, you can try to do all those things. I try to do those things. But if I still feel awful about myself and uncomfortable in my own skin and small and scared and unworthy and lacking confidence, 
It's not going to matter that I'm using less filler words. It's not going to matter that I'm trying to artificially change my voice to sound less valley girl. I'm still going to sound not confident. I'm just going to sound not confident with fewer filler words and fewer valley girl tones in my voice. But the problem is, at least for me, is that now I'm paranoid about filler words and I'm paranoid about valley girl tone. So the original problem that I was having, which was that I lack confidence inside and it's reflected in my voice, that feedback made the problem worse for me because I was still lacking the confidence and I was like, oh man, and I'm doing all these wrong things with my voice and I need to watch the filler words and I just did one and then I just messed up and that just sounded like a valley girl. So it made the problem worse for me. It did, it, not only did it not address the root issue, which is that internally I was lacking the confidence, but it made the root issue worse because it made me more paranoid about my voice and more insecure about myself. Now, what I'm sharing with you is just my personal journey and my perspective. I know that some of you are trying to reduce the filler words. I know that some of you are aware of the different sounds and habits that you have with your voice. And there's nothing wrong with you if you're doing that and you're not doing anything wrong. All I'm saying is that that's not the only path to finding a powerful executive presence. And I think it's one of the most inefficient paths. And I also think it is not helpful. Like, this is where I feel really strong about this. I'm getting really freaking fired up because this is taking me back to like times in my corporate career where I was like, what is this bullshit? I think it is not helpful to give women feedback on outward facing superficial things. If we are going to get feedback in the workplace that it is designed to help us grow into a leader, we should get feedback on our problem solving, our critical thinking, how we can step into greater leadership, how we can expand our confidence. We already get enough feedback from the world around us about all the superficial things that we need to look different and sound different and change this artificial thing and this artificial thing. We don't need more of that feedback in the workplace and it does not help us become better leaders. Removing filler words and changing the little superficial things that your voice does isn't going to make you a better leader. It's not what's going to take a company into expansion or turn around a company culture. So I just find it so absurd that there are people out there in the corporate world who on the one hand can turn around and say, okay, it's my job to help this company grow and solve all these problems and be this amazing leader. And then they can turn around and tell a female employee, hey, if you want to be more effective, you need to change the way that your voice sounds and stop talking like a valley girl and stop with the uptick and stop with this and that. To me, I'm like those two things literally just don't match up. So this is a massive rant. I feel really, really strongly about this topic. I feel like this is one of the places where misogyny subtly seeps into corporate culture. And I just think straight up, I have a pretty strong belief on this that we don't need to be giving people feedback on their appearance or sounds of their voice, right? So if we want, for example, if we, let's say you run a company and you want your employees to speak with more authority, rather than telling them that they should stop the filler words and change the way their voice sounds, 
I would encourage helping them explore how to feel more powerful inside and how to feel more like a leader within themselves so they can speak like the strongest, most leader-like version of themselves. So I just want to share this with you because I come at this topic from a very different angle, and it is very much informed by my values, which I'm sure you can see are very deep-seated. And this really goes back to one of the reasons why I started this show is because I was sick of this garbage. I was sick of this bullshit. Like, I was sick of being a really smart, ambitious woman and then going to women's workshops and trainings and professional development or having a feedback session with a manager and getting feedback on my outward appearance and my clothing and the sound of my voice, I was like, listen, like, have you seen what I've done? Have you seen what I can do? And you're telling me to cut my hair? Like, really? That's what you think of me? And that's what you think of my value in this workplace? To me, it felt degrading. To me, it just felt really, really horrible. And I started this show because I was like, there has to be a better way. Because I did want my voice to sound more confident. I was struggling with executive presence, but that feedback felt so short-sighted and so dismissive to me. And and it made me feel very trapped because it was like, okay, well, I'm struggling to feel confident. I'm struggling to sound confident in meetings and have this authoritative voice. But The feedback that I'm getting makes no sense to me. It makes me feel horrible. It's making the problem worse because it's making me paranoid about how my voice sounds. There has to be a better way. And that's part of the reason I do this work is because I want to represent that better way. I want to offer you and other professional women a path to finding a powerful voice that doesn't further way on your insecurities and struggles. I want you to find a path that alleviates those struggles. I don't think it's helpful to approach executive presence as this outside in thing where we tell women to to like change the very physical sound of their voice. It's just not useful. So anyway, (laughs) that was a big rant, but there is a purpose to the rant. The purpose to the rant is to bring you to what I do believe to be true, because I just went on a very long rant about all the things that I dislike about how executive presence is taught to women and how women are often coached on executive presence in the workplace. But now I want to tell you what I think is the answer and is a much better way to approach it. And the way that I like to approach it and the way that I help my clients with this is I like to approach it from an inside out philosophy. So what I mean when I say inside out is that I believe that when we are feeling strong in the inside, that is when our outside, our voice also conveys strength. So it's a pretty simple, pretty intuitive idea. When I feel confident inside, my voice sounds confident and it conveys confidence. And when I feel doubtful and I don't feel strong inside, my voice sounds doubtful and I convey doubt. And so my executive presence, aka the energy and vibe that I give off when I speak, is driven by my internal emotional state, 
And so if I want to have a stronger executive presence, what I want to do is strengthen my internal emotional landscape. And this is, of course, hard work at times, because what we're talking about is building confidence from the inside out. This isn't a shortcut, but this is how you walk into the room and have the energy of a powerful leader. It's not because you learn to eliminate your filler words. It's not because you changed your voice to sound like someone you're not, but it's because over time, you learned to feel powerful instead of doubtful. You learned to be encouraging of yourself instead of harsh on yourself. You learned to be risk-taking and bold instead of hiding. And as you learn to do those things over time and built those layers of experience within yourself, you feel different inside and you walk into a room differently. And when you speak, you sound different. And so the way that I support women in building a strong executive presence is from the inside out. Now, there's a little wrinkle in all of this because our voice isn't just driven by our emotional state, but we have a certain degree of control over our voice. And I think what's really unfortunate is that... (laughs) We are encouraged to take that quote-unquote control over our voice and use it to police our voices for all the things that we're doing wrong, right? So it's like you can control your voice and you can control the tone and sound to your voice to a certain extent, not fully, but to a certain extent. And so we're often told, okay, so make sure you don't uptick and make sure you don't sound like a valley girl and make sure you don't have vocal fry and make sure you don't use filler words. And this makes me so sad. It makes me so sad that the one thing that we have, the one tool we have, which is that our voice is a part of us and we get to impact it and shape it, that one magical tool, we use it to police our voices, to delete things from our voices, rather than to help our voices grow stronger. That's crazy to me. To me, it's like literally madness, right? I have the ability to change how I speak. I can either be guided to learn to speak powerfully and learn to speak like the CEO of a company, or I can be guided to eliminate filler words and stop doing all of the things that I'm not supposed to be doing. The first way Guiding me to find strength in my voice is going to make me feel amazing and on fire. The other way, guiding me to delete and eliminate all of these things from my voice is going to make me feel like crap and put me back into like perfectionist tendencies and really being critical of myself. Why on earth would we take this magical tool that so many of us are blessed to have, which is our voice and the fact that we get to influence and shape how it sounds, why would we take that most magical tool and then use it to shrink and delete? Why would we do that? To me, that just seems so counter to what I think of as women's empowerment. Why don't we take that tool of our voice and our ability to influence it and use that tool to learn how to make our voice stronger? It sort of reminds me of if you're a farmer and you're planting 
you know, harvest in your farm and you realize that all of these bugs are coming and they're eating all of your crops, you can either spend hours and hours and days and weeks and months trying to get the bugs off of your crops or you could just go find more fertile soil where there's less bugs and just grow your crops in a more supportive environment. And I don't know if this is how farming actually works, so I apologize if it's wrong, but I'm using this as an example because why should I sit there and stress about these bugs and get pesticides and have to deal with all this stuff if I can go plant and grow my fruits and vegetables somewhere that's very lush and where they won't get attacked by bugs and I can have all of this bountiful abundant harvest from my farm. That's what this is like for me. It's like we have this voice. We're trying to change it. We want it to be stronger. Why would we focus on all the negatives about it when we can just build it up and make it really, really strong? So I know I'm sharing a lot with you here, but to bring this full circle, executive presence is the vibe and energy that you give off with your voice. And my belief is that the way that you grow your executive presence is one, through learning to feel stronger and more confident internally, and then two, to the extent that you shift or change or alter the sound of your voice by doing that in a fun, expansive, empowering way versus in a disempowering way where you feel like you're trying to change yourself and erase parts of yourself. So that is how I approach executive presence and I want to tell you a bit of a story of how I landed there, and then I'm going to transition into helping you actually implement this, because if you're liking this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, Jess, I would love to grow a strong voice that's rooted in an internal sense of confidence and the knowledge of how to shape my voice in an authentic but strong way, if you're thinking that that sounds appealing to you, I will guide you more deeply in doing that, but I want to tell you a bit of a story that I think is going to help you understand the power of this and really help you start to relate to your voice and see your voice differently. So I had two pivot points in my professional experience that elevated my executive presence. And by the way, I want to be clear before I get into this that I am not a perfect speaker. I get stage fright sometimes when I'm talking to big groups. Sometimes I get nervous. Sometimes I have a moment where I'm really wobbling or questioning myself. So I am not perfect. I do not encourage you to aim for perfection. I do not encourage my clients to aim for perfection. But what did happen with me, while I didn't become perfect, I went from being meek and small and quiet and afraid most of the time to being strong and impactful and speaking like a leader most of the time. So it was a pretty big transformation that I had where when I spoke in a meeting where I was in a room of people at work, if you looked at how I spoke early on in my career and you compared me to how I was speaking towards the end of my corporate career, which ended in around 2020, 2021, during the pandemic is when I left my corporate career to start my coaching business. But if you compare those, the difference is insane. Like the difference between how I spoke, how I sounded, 
my executive presence. It was night and day. And there are really two shifts that happened that helped me get there. And I want to walk you through what those are, because those are the same shifts that I use to help my clients build their executive presence. So the first shift that happened was the internal shift of feeling confident from the inside out. Without me even paying attention to my voice, even trying super hard to speak with more authority, I naturally started to speak with more authority as my confidence in my work quality, my thinking, and my leadership began to expand. Because as I felt better about my own capabilities, I brought those feelings of feeling better about my capabilities into the meeting room. And when I spoke, it reflected in my energy. And so there's a huge component of executive presence that organically grows as you tackle imposter syndrome, as you begin acting more like a leader, as you begin believing in yourself more, and as you begin really taking charge of the work that you do. So that was the first catalyst for me. And this was something that happened over time. This wasn't like an overnight thing, but more of a gradual shift of as I became more confident that I knew what I was doing, that I was capable, and especially as I began to see myself as a leader, that reflected in how I spoke. But (laughs) the plot thickens and the journey doesn't end there. The second shift that I experienced was far more dramatic. And the second shift that I experienced, you can hear (laughs) on the podcast. If you listen to an episode from very early on in the catalog, because I've had this podcast for more than four years now, You can literally hear the transformation in my voice. You can hear that in the earlier episodes, my voice is different. And in the later episodes, my voice is a lot stronger and my executive presence, even though I'm not in the corporate environment anymore, there is a lot more quote unquote executive presence in my voice. And this didn't happen from me just feeling stronger and more confident in my job, but this was almost like a second wave of growth that I experienced as I began studying theater. What I learned in theater was entirely new to me and opened up an entire world of possibilities, which is that our body and our voice is something that we get to influence. I don't like to say we get to control because I I don't like the word control and I don't think it's super useful. So that's why I say that our voice and the sound of it and therefore our executive presence is something that we get to influence. I had never done any sort of theater really in my life, except maybe like when you're in kindergarten and like you do the play (laughs) in kindergarten type of thing. I had never done theater in my life. So I really... Before I started taking theater, which I began in 2019, I had no concept of what it means to get on stage, what it means to express yourself, what it means to convey a feeling or an emotion. I just had zero experience. And then all of a sudden, I started taking improv classes. I started taking comedy classes. I started taking some musical improv classes. 
And I learned about stage presence. And I learned that you can shape your voice in the most beautiful, empowering ways. And not in disempowering ways, but you can find the authentic strength that exists within your voice and you can learn to get more and more used to bringing that out. And that is what performers have to do. If you're on stage, if I'm on stage singing a musical song in a musical improv show, and by the way, musical improv, (laughs) it's just a version of improv theater, which I'm sure most of you know what improv theater is, right? It's where the performers get on stage and they do a funny skit and it's all improvised, it's all made up, nothing is scripted. So musical improv is the same exact thing, except you sing improvised songs on the spot. So I would get on the stage with one of my teammates and we would start an improv scene and then we'd have our keyboardist and he would start playing music and we would break into song. (laughs) And I know that sounds hard and terrifying, but there's a structure behind it, an art behind it, and you learn how to do it. Anyway, through doing that, I learned that when we get on stage, we can't just get on stage and be like, hey, I'm Jessica and I'm going to start the scene and we're going to do a musical improv scene. Like when you get on stage, you get on stage, you want to capture your audience's attention, you want to express yourself, you want to connect with them. And so you have to learn how to take you and make it bigger. And it's not about becoming someone you're not. It's literally about taking who you are and expanding it. And so as I did more theater, got more comfortable in my body, learned my voice, learned how to express myself, my executive presence shifted a lot and got really strong and I felt really, really confident and I felt like I was able to express myself in a strong authoritative way, but it also didn't feel fake because I knew what it was like to find a kernel of me. And then to take that kernel of me and expand it into something better and stronger. And I realized that that is how I want to teach and coach on executive presence. I don't want to give my clients or you or professional women out there these to-do lists of things to eliminate from your voice. And I don't want it to feel like this harsh, critical exercise where you have to change who you are. I want the growth of your executive presence to feel expansive and authentic and fun. And I know that that's possible because that's the way that I did it. And that's the way I've guided so many of my clients to find that within themselves. And so if that's something that is appealing to you, you're going to want to tune into part two of this mini series on the podcast. I'm going to do a part two of this episode where I walk you through some of my thoughts on what this could look like, and I help you get a little bit better at going inwards, going within yourself and finding more strength internally and finding ways to bring out your natural, strong, authentic executive presence in a an organic way. Not in a way where you're just trying to sound like a dude, not in a way where you're speaking as someone you're not, right? That is not what we're doing here. We're finding the CEO voice, we're finding the leadership voice, we're finding the executive voice in you that feels like you, right? That helps you feel not just more powerful, but like more of who you are. 
That is what I'm going to get into because I don't want this episode to get crazy long. That rant ended up way longer than I thought it would be, but I'm glad I shared it with you because this piece is really important to me. It's a huge driver underneath the work that I do. So tune in to part two of this episode series. If you want to go deeper into this, this is exactly what I do in module two of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. For those of you who are hearing about the Academy for the first time, the Art of Speaking Up Academy is my group coaching program. It is a small, intimate cohort of women. And the goal of that program is to help you grow your confidence and become a very effective communicator in meetings and at work. And module two of the Art of Speaking Up Academy is executive presence, where I delve into this with my clients. As you listen to part two of this mini episode series, you're going to get more of an understanding of what I do inside the academy with my clients and how I guide women to find that strength and power in their voice. So you will get to dive deeper into that. But if you know that this is something that's important to you, and if my approach resonates with you, I invite you to join the waitlist for the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I launch the program and I open doors for enrollment roughly twice a year. And the next enrollment is going to be open the first two weeks of May which is a long time from now, but if you're on the wait list, it just ensures that you are not gonna miss those dates because every time I open doors to the Art of Speaking Up Academy, after doors close, I always get a couple of emails from people who didn't even know that the program was open to sign up for. So if you add yourself to the wait list, you will get notified via email once doors open. And you can do that by going to jessgazitcoaching.com slash academy. I am so excited to get deeper into this topic. The next episode is going to be a good one. So make sure you listen and I will catch you there.